HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the Heritage Meat Shop, located in the historic Essex Street Market in New York City. For more information, visit heritagemeatshop.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, this is Diane Stemple, and you're listening to Cutting the Curd on the HeritageRadioNetwork.org, where you can find the show archived, or you can get a podcast anytime on iTunes or Stitcher. Today's show topic is opening your own cheese shop, which is the dream of many, many cheesemongers and cheesemakers and everybody else in cheese. So we're going to be talking to three people who actually did it, who opened their own shop. We're going to talk to somebody from Las Vegas who's had a cheese shop for six years, Kristen Sandy. She's later in the show at Valley Wine and Cheese. And we're going to talk to Beth Luand, who's opened a shop two years ago in Greenpoint, called Greenpoint, in Greenpoint called Eastern District. And we're going to be joined on the phone by Rachel Claybauer in Charlotte, North Carolina, who recently opened Ormond's Cheese Shop. So first, I have Beth in the studio. Hi, Beth. Welcome. Hi, Diane. Thanks. You're very welcome. So I want to ask you a question or two before Rachel joins us. My question for you is, how did you name your store? We were uh, looking at uh, some ideas that were really related to the neighborhood that we were in. We really wanted to recognize our, our location and the history of the Greenpoint, Brooklyn neighborhood. Uh, but we didn't want to be too obvious. We didn't want to be the Greenpoint Cheese Shop or uh, uh, yet another business with Brooklyn in the name. So we looked back at some of the uh, historic names for uh, the neighborhoods in Greenpoint and surrounding us. And Eastern District was uh, really actually a little bit west or a little bit further east from where our store is located. It uh, would encompass the area that we're in right now in Bushwick and uh, East Williamsburg and Eastern Greenpoint, Mm -hmm. the really industrial areas of uh, North Brooklyn that we have a a fondness for. Oh, okay, okay. So one of my questions for all of you is, when did you first think of opening a cheese store, and was it just a wild daydream at first? 
It sure was. Uh, it sort of started off with my husband and I talking about, gee, wouldn't it be great if we, there was a place in our neighborhood where we could get great beer and cheese? And then wouldn't it be great if we had our own store there where we could sell great beer and cheese? And it took a few years before it became something that we thought was actually a realistic idea. Mm-hmm. How long did it take from when you said, okay, we're going to do it to ha- when you opened? I think we spent about six to nine months thinking it's it's very possible mm-hmm. and we did a lot of research and uh, uh, internship basically at that at that time just to try to figure out whether it was something that we were really ready and able to do and then we spent uh, it was about a year from the time we seriously decided to do it till when we opened our doors okay I'm wondering is Rachel on yeah Diane hi Rachel how are you I'm good how are you we're talking to Rachel Claybauer from North Carolina at Orman's Cheese Shop, and she is our newest uh, cheese shop owner on the show today. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I have opened my doors. Um, I opened them three months ago. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. How did you think of your name for your cheese shop? How did I come up with my name? It's it's kind of a family name. It is my grandmother's maiden names kind of squashed together. So, or on my mother's side and Ryman on my father's side. Oh, cool. Okay. So nothing historical from Charlotte? No, okay. nothing historical from Charlotte. Now, how? Um, when did you first daydream and when did you first start planning to open your shop? I must have thought of this idea um, after having left Murray's. I moved to Miami, and there was no place to buy cheese that wasn't already pre-cut. So I had started planning about opening a cheese shop in Miami, but Mm -hmm. then realized that's not where I wanted to be for the long term. So I shelved the idea and put it in the back of my head as part of my 10-year plan. Mm -hmm. And then you came back to New York. Yes, I moved back to New York. <laughs> I kind of move all over the place. But now I'm here, and I seriously started considering opening the shop maybe about one year ago. Okay. And things moved pretty quickly. And did you pick, did you already know you were moving to Charlotte, or did you pick Charlotte as a place to move to to open a shop? Kind of a combination of the two. I do have family here, so I was thinking about moving but then an opportunity opened up, and I jumped at the chance mm-hmm. to move. Okay. Now, um, either one of you could answer this. What is the process when you decide to really do it? What do you do first? Uh, Jeff, would you like to start? <laughs> sure, yeah. Let's, let, me, let me take myself uh, way back in the time machine and... Um, really, there, there were that six to nine months of, of real research um, where we were just looking at what um, you know distributors and uh, uh, market research and competition. And then when we decided, yes, it's a go, um, they, the first two things I started working on kind of simultaneously were the business plan and looking for a space. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the two major, major projects at Startup. Okay. Now, you and your husband were opening it together. That's right. Did you divide up your tasks? 
At the time, I had just uh, been laid off, so I had a lot more time to do okay. those tasks. And he was working at another job, so I kind of took the lead on the on the research and business plan. Okay. Now, Rachel, how was it for you? Maybe because I had been planning in my 10-year plan that I was going to open a cheese shop, I had sort of the business plan already set. So it was just actually putting everything in motion, finding the location, and starting the LLC and finding an architect and a contractor to design and build out the space and then just really jump into it. Okay. And your husband is in food, but he's not working with you in the shop? Yes. So he is a chef, and I am running the day-to-day operations of the shop, but we are working on it together and making business major business decisions together. So that must be reassuring to not be in it alone. Yes, I have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what were your biggest worries in the beginning? Maybe, Rachel, you can remember yours better. Worries? Well, being new to Charlotte, I don't have a network of friends Mm -hmm. to help me spread the word. So I moved into a market called the 7th Street Public Market, which is aimed to help incubate small businesses. And I chose the location because there were other small businesses who were just starting out and um, it was more of a security net. Mm -hmm. So getting the word out, I think, was one of my biggest fears. I didn't have the security network of friends and being in the food scene for very long here. Okay. How about you, Beth? Um, real estate was really the the biggest challenge for us, finding an affordable location and getting the renovations done uh, within a reasonable timeline and budget. And uh, my big fear was really running out of money before we got the store open. Once we started uh, uh, taking a look at what was behind the walls and the space that we, we rented and realizing how much work we really had to do, that started to get pretty scary. Okay. What in the planning stages and in the preparation stages um, for both of you, what were the biggest surprises, either good or bad? Yeah, I think the the real estate uh, situation was a surprise to me. I know that we are in New York City and things are expensive and landlords are not uh, pushovers, um, but the the challenge of you know really getting something. Uh, it had been a, a Polish butcher shop for decades, the store that we're in now, but it was really, really run down. And to get it into a place where I actually wanted to store and serve food uh, I became a much bigger project than mm-hmm. I realized. How long had it been closed? It was only closed. Um, it, it The store closed um, on New Year's Eve of uh, uh, tw- 2009, and uh, we took possession on January 1st. Oh, <laughs> oh so it had been running So it, it was still, it had fresh uh, kibasa smell in the air when we moved in. <laughs> uh, how about you, Rachel? What were your biggest surprises? One of the, the biggest hurdles was having my plans pushed through the city. I have such a tiny location and a tiny shop, and it took weeks for my plans to get through. But the issue finally took care of itself. We're not even sure what the issue was, but one of the reviewers went on vacation, and it was <laughs> our plans were looked at by somebody else, and we were okay and given the building permit. Huh. So that was very surprising. Is it possible they were being slow because you weren't from Charlotte? I, I don't know. I don't know what the issue was. <laughs> 
the so, mysteries no, I, of uh, urban bureaucracy. <laughs> yes. Now, in the pre-opening stages, what was the most fun and what was the least fun? The most fun was easily uh, starting to plan what kind of cheeses we were going to buy. <laughs> that I started probably, yeah, I started that like two years before we even were seriously opening the store. I was working on product lists. And that meant you had to taste them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Rachel? I would have to agree. Planning what I am going to carry in the stores. <laughs> uh-huh. You get to stop. <laughs> right. That's part of the fantasy, you know, that for the person who hasn't opened the shop. Like, oh, what fun. Just having to eat cheese to decide if I'm going to buy it. Exactly. Um, the, the less fun part to me was raising money. Oh. Uh, that's, you know, I have a hard time. Uh, I was raised to, to be independent and to not overextend myself. So to get to the point where I was uh, asking for loans... From banks, personal loans, overcharging my credit cards like crazy. Mm-hmm. That was that was a, a mm-hmm. little bit of a challenge. Okay. How about you, Rachel? Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't think I had the same sort of um, problems about that. I've been thinking about it so long that it all of it was fun. Mm-hmm. I was just looking forward to opening and all the little challenges that arose. It just them in stride, I think. Great, great. Um, for either one of you, who helped you plan or open or, you know, other than your, your husbands or partners, who who helped you the most? I uh, reached out to some people in local businesses who had businesses that I really admired and, and I thought would be sort of complimentary businesses to mine and, mm-hmm. and wouldn't mind sharing some information and that really was super valuable, um, talking to folks at the local coffee shop, Champion Coffee, which was really kind of a pioneer in our sort of remote neighborhood. Right. Um, and, and getting some confirmation from them that this wasn't a crazy idea, uh, you know, getting to know other people through them. Uh, the folks at Brooklyn Kitchen, where my husband had been working before, were really awesome in terms of putting us in touch with uh, people who do things like refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and so you got referrals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, that was really one of the exciting things about opening up was finding out that these other area businesses were so uh, open and supportive to us. Great. Rachel, did you have help? Yes, Um you know, inspiration from so many cheese shops. And, in fact, I had spoken with Beth last year at one of the cheesemonger meetups, and I was trying to get as much information from her as I could about how it was working out and if she was feeling successful and happy with the way the store was going. Mm-hmm. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> did she encourage well, I, you? I ended up opening my own cheese shop, so it was all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it's time for us to take a break. We will be back after the break with being joined by Kristen Sandy. Thanks. This one's called Shop Till I Drop by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
The following is a message from the Heritage Meat Shop. Are you tired of just hearing buzzwords? Do you want to actually take part in the food revolution? Then come on down to the Heritage Meat Shop, located in New York's historic Essex Street Market, on the corner of Essex and Delancey. We have rare breed pork, beef, poultry, lamb, and goat, not to mention charcuterie that'll make you squeal. All raised right, by the right people, so you know they'll taste right. Try the meat that over 100 New York chefs ache for. Come to the Heritage Meat Shop and pick up some revolution today. For more information, visit heritagemeatshop.com. Hi, we're back on Cutting the Curd. We're discussing opening your own cheese shop. And now we have a third guest from Las Vegas, Valley Wine and Cheese, Kristen Sandy. Are you on the line? I'm here. Thanks, Diane. Hi, Kristen. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? I'm very good. Have you been listening so you know what we've been talking about? A little bit. Okay. Well, anyway, so I'm going to ask you a few questions first because you are our old timer in terms of having a store for six years, and you just moved your store to, I I presume, a bigger and better location? Definitely better, and it is a little bit bigger. Not much. The layout's pretty much the same. We were able to switch a couple things that, you know, in hindsight, we realize, you know, this is a better way to do it. But yes, it's a little bit bigger and um, definitely better. And you've always had wine. Always had wine. Right. Because in New York, we can't have wine. We can have beer, but no wine. Yeah, you can pretty much do almost anything here. (laughs) Well, I guess you're in Vegas. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who's going to notice the wine with the cheese? Yeah, we have wine and beer, we have uh, dry goods, and then wine accessories, of course, mm-hmm. um, and then extensive charcuterie that goes along with all the cheeses. Okay. Okay, I have a couple questions for you to catch up on. One Great. is, um, when did you start daydreaming about opening a cheese store, and then how long did it take to really say we're going to do it and then plan it? Mm. That's a great question. I have always wanted to be self-employed my whole life since I was a small child. I was always interested in food and specifically with cheese because I grew up in the Midwest and we would always go to a little cheese factory. And, you know, it with when I met my husband, both of us had the same path, and so it was really then, which was maybe uh, about 11 years ago, and we were like, wow, we could do this together. The hard part for me was finding a partner because I knew I needed somebody to do it with. So once we, we probably opened about four years after we met and decided that we wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, just to uh, let the audience know, Kristen and her husband met at the American Cheese Society meeting, and and then got engaged at another American Society meeting. Is that correct? That's correct. So this was a romance made in Cheeseland. Exactly. Very cheesy. <laughs> yes. Now, for you, what were some of the biggest worries when um, before you opened the first shop? Um, there was a lot because we moved here to do it. So it was a new city, a new state, a new climate, and then going into business with my husband and we'd never worked together. So there was all sorts of different dynamics like that. Mm -hmm. Really the biggest thing was that would people get what we do? Uh Uh, 
you know, because it's this community is very big box. There's not a lot of small independence and certainly not doing esoteric cheeses. So that was our biggest challenge. And we that found be- that we've had to work less hard than we thought we would with the mm. food. That you'd be coming in kind of over over their food heads. Yeah. To start. Yeah. And people have been so open and so gracious because we found that a lot of people that live here have come from somewhere else. And, you know, they're used to going to their local merchant, their mom and pop shop to get the experience, but also the quality mm-hmm. of product and service. Okay. Now, for you in the store, what were the biggest surprises after you opened? What did you, what were you not prepared for? I was not prepared for the stamina that it takes. And I am a strong, good worker. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how much stamina it takes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I'm sure like having children, you know, it's like, it's overwhelming sometimes, but it's also just that gratifying. Mm-hmm. Rachel and Beth, did you? Can you comment on that? Yeah, I uh, I feel older than I did before <laughs> I started the business. Um, I, I I also feel a hundred percent gratified, and it's totally worth it. But I've become aware of the fact that you know I can't I can't go out and drink and then come in to work in the next day. I have to, I, you know, this is a more than full-time job. This is a 100% job. Mm-hmm. How about you, Rachel? I have to agree. Mm-hmm. It really takes stamina, especially at this time of year. Yeah. yeah. How many hours do you all work in the shops this time of year? Can we not count them? <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to answer that one. (laughs) Well, I can tell you I have a full-time job, and I have had a full-time job. The whole time? Since before we opened the store. A separate full-time job. A separate full-time job, like a real job. And to do it with, you know, I'm still in the shop, and right now since we moved, I am in the shop every night and every weekend. So Mm -hmm. I'm probably... Easily at 80 hours a week. Oh, from both. Total. Yeah. yeah. That's, wow. That's really impressive. That's amazing. So you are a yeah. hard worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But, you know, I, I think the thing is, is you really, really need to love this work. Mm-hmm. You need to love the whole package. It's not just loving cheese and selling cheese. You have to love every aspect of it. I mean, if you're going to be successful in mm-hmm. it. Dealing with the customers, enjoying that. Yeah, taking out the garbage, knowing how to fix the dishwasher, you know, all those little things that we don't realize that we're going to be doing most of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, at this point I'm probably in the shop 60 hours a week, but uh, when I'm home I'm always working on marketing, working on finances, uh, doing market research, uh, you know, constantly thinking about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about you, Rachel? Oh, you don't want to name hours. Is <laughs> I don't it, want to count the hours, but... Is it all-encompassing? Um, I have only just hired some part-time help, so I've been at the shop six days a week from open to close, and and then going home and uh-huh. doing all the 
the extra work. So, wow. yes, I'd like I'd like to not count the hours. Okay, okay. It's been rewarding work. Okay. It's really happy. Now, if someone was listening who is um, in the daydream planning stage, can you think of uh, a mistake you made that would be somewhat easy to correct? You wish someone had told you ahead of time. Oh, I can tell you right now, if I can just jump in. Okay. Make sure you are not open seven days a week. Hmm. Okay. What day are you closed? Christmas and Thanksgiving. (laughs) So you didn't take that advice. (laughs) I didn't take that advice. And I tell everyone, you need to have days off. And those are the only two days I have with my husband. So There's no going backwards? Uh, No, because it's a 24-7 town. Uh Uh Uh, Going forward, you know, with the move that, you know, is encouraging so that we can hire somebody. Okay. Hmm. Rachel, are you open seven days or six? We are open six days a week. What day are you closed? The market is closed on Sunday, so I cannot be open on Sunday, which is somewhat of a relief. (laughs) Okay, but Sunday's a good sales day. Maybe not in Charlotte. Maybe not in Charlotte. Okay, how about you, Beth? We're closed on Mondays, and and we decided from the very beginning if this was something, you know, we wanted to start our own business so we could sort of control our quality of life. And part of uh, enjoying our life included having a day off together. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it has not been bad for business. Monday, it's just fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I have a question. Uh, is there a quality needed for owning a small business that you did not anticipate that you would recommend people have before they do so? Well, I kind of anticipated it, but it's been emphasized to me that you have to always be looking to improve what you're doing. You can never be complacent about any aspect of your business. You always have to be thinking about, how can I do this better? How can I, um, how can I just make this more awesome? Mm-hmm. So there's no relaxing <laughs> on your laurels. No, no. You never sit back and say, all right, I, you know, I got it made. It's going to run itself from now on. Yeah, it's never going to happen. How about you, Rachel? Also, I didn't, I did anticipate this, but I knew that I would have to um, really sell the business and really put myself out there and be the spokesperson mm-hmm. for the business. So, so you, were, you, you knew that would be tested? I would be tested doing mm-hmm. that, yes. Mm-hmm. So. How about you, Kristen? Um, I would say, you know, honing in on your communication skills if you have a partner and being comfortable with compromise and delegation. To each other or to your, you know, hopeful employees down the line? Uh, I would say on every level. Mm -hmm. I would say on every level because sometimes, you know, it's hard to give it up because it's, you know, it's all yours. It's your baby. Mm-hmm. And, but at sometimes you have to trust your partner or let them take that responsibility and be able to communicate effectively in it. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking back over the short or long term, what were your, can you recall any wonderful best days in your shops or in the business 
when it all seemed totally worthwhile? I think the first day we opened was pretty magical. Ah, cool. um, just because we had uh, sort of kept our, our curtains down, hadn't really opened ourselves up to the neighborhood at all to, to, to you know, pre-promote what we were doing. We wanted to have a sort of a soft launch. And it was just so awesome to have people come wander in and say, hey, what's up? What's going on? Oh, we're so excited that you're here. Mm-hmm. That was really exciting and, and made all of that uh, crazy financial and, and renovation business uh, just kind of fade away. And how did they come? Did they just walk by? People just walked by and said, You're hey, on a fairly sleepy block. It's a pretty sleepy block, but people noticed when all the other uh, the gates were down. Our gates were up, our windows were uh, lit up, and... Uh, the, the scent of cheese was wafting out onto <laughs> Manhattan Avenue. So uh, uh, people started coming in immediately, and it was super exciting. So that's great that you were reassured quickly. You, yes. So you had some positive reinforcement Absolutely. right away. How about you, Rachel or Kristen? Well, I'll go. I think that I'm still having those kinds of days mm-hmm. where I the customers come in, and they, they are so happy to have found a cheese shop. Mm-hmm. And they want to spread the word. So it, there hasn't been one particular day just yet, mm-hmm. but so many. Oh, that's great. So, yes. That's wonderful. How about you, Kristen? And, and I would agree along the same lines. What I found is because we are so different than all the other stores that are here, that um, there's a bubble of people that we found that are a lot like us. And the relationships we've built and how friendly it's become and true friends. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've been a retailer for my whole life pretty much and never until we opened our shop did I have people that would bring us gifts, mm-hmm. you know, like flower bouquets or cards or or actual gifts. And I don't really remember myself giving a retailer a gift before. So right. that. It's very touching, very touching. Well, I noticed that about Beth's store. I did a demo there for Jasper Hill, and everyone who walks in knows them. It's it's like friends are coming in to buy their cheese and beer. Yeah. That's, it's, that's what it's, it feels like. That is really makes it a dream come true, that we've gotten to know so many wonderful people, our neighbors, people in the cheese business who mm-hmm. are so awesome and passionate about what they do, and our customers bring us jams that they made or uh you know cheeses that they smuggled in from europe and uh it's it's super super touching Mm -hmm. and it's it makes my day every day okay well our time is up this has been cutting the curd i want to thank my guests beth from eastern district Kristen from valley cheese and wine and rachel from orman's cheese shop thank you very much for joining me on cutting the curd thank you thanks for having us it's been great and you can get this show on heritageradionetwork.org or you can get a podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.